Hello everyone, and welcome to a special bonus episode of Determination, Deliberation, and Dragons. This is actually the first workshop that we recorded. This was before we even thought of Season 2. We thought it would be fun to do a workshop about a novella I wrote about some coyotes who go on an adventure, and I'll explain what the book is in a few moments. But this is an early workshop that we did that I wanted to share with you. It doesn't have the same people from Season 2. There's a few differences in the group, but I think they all did a really phenomenal job. It was so much fun workshopping my story with them, and I hope that you enjoy this special episode. I will also record myself reading the story. I, I will try to read the story. It's a little bit chaotic. It is supposed to be a fun comedy adventure, but I'll also have it written for you. You can access it on Wattpad. My username there is Dr. Pedro MD. I will leave a link to that in the description of the podcast as well. So you can read it if you would like, or you can listen to me attempt to read it for you. Anyway, without further ado, let's start the workshop. So we're just going to kind of jump right in. So before we start, or I'll just explain the workshop first. So for everyone listening, basically what we're doing is a creative writing workshop in the way that we would do it if we were in a class at Vassar right now. Basically, I submitted my story, everyone else read it, the first three chapters, and we will just talk about it. Everyone is going to talk about something they enjoyed about it, something that they thought could use some work, and then we'll we'll jump off from there. Before we do that, though, I just want everyone to introduce themselves really briefly. So we'll go around, everyone, like, say your name, your pronouns, and we're just going to do the most important question from the interrogation questions, your favorite dragon. And for those of you who have already told us your favorite dragon, you can just say it again, or... If it's changed, that's acceptable to do. So does anyone want to go first? I guess I can. Okay. I'm Caitlin. I use she, her pronouns. And I believe last time I was on, I said my favorite dragon is Zephira. And that's, I'm not going to change or neg on that. But um, there is this character in the Cradle series named Orthos. And Orthos is actually a turtle, but in his heart, he's a dragon. So I'm going to say him for this one because he he has the heart of a dragon. Perfect. More reason for me to read this. Yes. Who wants to go next? I'm Sammy. I use he, him, his pronouns. If I had to say my favorite dragon, uh, there's a dragon in Genshin Impact whose name is uh, Zhongli. And what's really funny about this dragon is he's the god of wealth and he just wants to make friends with all the humans on the earth below right so he turns himself into a human but because he's the god of both he has no concept of money whatsoever so he just starts 
you both start spending money left and right. And when he's hanging out with friends, he'll like go out to dinner with him and leave him with the bill and stuff. I just, he's a really fun character. So, so that's my answer for my favorite dragon. That is incredible. Awesome. So next introduction, who wants to go? I can go. Um, my gosh, Andy, you're a fidget spinner. I love it. Hi, my name. <laughs> oh, hello, my name is Julie. My, my pronouns are she, her. And I don't have a favorite because I like dragons in general. But the two that stand out to me right now are the dragon Fire Drake from Cornelia Funk's Dragon Rider. It's a book, which I read as a kid and loved. And the other dragon would obviously be the dragon in Beowulf, who's just very grumpy because someone steals his cup in order to pay off a debt. And the dragon starts burning things, which is rude. Don't do that, people. Don't burn things. I mean, others might say fire good. But anyway, moving on. Andy, do you want to go? Sure, I can go. Uh, Hi, I'm Andy. He, him. Uh, Last time I was on here, I believe I said my favorite dragon was Spyro. Uh, and it's probably still true. Uh, I did recently, I'm world building for a current story of my own in which the entire dragon species are created by climbing a giant flower and uh, drinking its sap and then bathing in that sap for uh, a year and a day, which is fun. And that's on my mind right now. So I guess my second would be uh, the eventual queen of the dragons, Vesni, from that thing that I'm working on now, who rises to the throne by deception. Uh, and I think that's pretty cool also. I love a good uh, smarts, uh, smarts dragon that does things not just with fire and blood, but with brains and subtlety. Yeah. So not Beowulf's dragon. No. <laughs> also, I'm that guy who thought of a dragon that he thought of as his favorite. So <laughs> Happy to have new dragons on the show. So <laughs> no worries. Caitlin Hernandez, do you, are you ready to, for your intro? Yeah, I'm ready. My name is Kayla Hernandez. I would say, oh, uh, she, her. I would say my favorite dragon would probably be Tiamat from, I, I know her as the Queen of Dragons, the five-headed dragon from Dungeons and Dragons. Love that game. So, yeah, I would probably go with Tiamat as my current long-running obsession. <laughs> I think it's, she's pretty fascinating. She's like the Queen of Dragons and she has like five heads and they all have their own personality, which I really like. Awesome. Sounds great. So now that everyone has introduced themselves and told us all the most important piece of information that they could, um, we're going to continue on and we'll start the workshop. So basically what we're doing, we're looking at this story that I wrote. I call it Coyote. And just to kind of briefly summarize what it's about, I kind of wrote it as a joke after my brother went to the Adirondacks and saw a coyote on the trail. And like, when you, when you see a coyote, you're supposed to act big to like scare it away. And that's what he did. And then we were, we read like some news article that was saying like coyotes are being spotted on Long Island for the first time. So we were kind of joking, like what if the coyote is coming back to get Constantine? And then that night I wrote like 2000 words about it. Uh, so Basically, this is the story of that coyote who I named William, and it's from his perspective, and he tells us about how he was napping, humans came, they started yelling at him and acting big, and he was very upset by that, 
So he chased them out of the forest. And then he and his brother, his brother's Eli, they decided that, you know, chasing them out of the forest wasn't good enough. They invoke the wolf moot, the meeting of all the coyotes, to try to get the coyotes to agree to go into the human world and basically do what the humans did to them. So they want to go and offend the humans um, out in the city. So, and it's also really important the, to, to note too, the, they are all coyotes, but they have a problem with wolves. And they're like, wolves are just, you know, bigger versions of us. So like, we're going to call ourselves wolves. So a lot of the language is just like wolf centric. But that's pretty much, I think that's like essentially what happens in these first three chapters. And yeah, I'll probably like upload the book somewhere so you can all read it at some point and like have an idea of what we're talking about. Future Peter here. You can find the story Coyote on my Wattpad. My Wattpad username is drpedromd. You can find Coyote and a few other stories up there. Back to the workshop. But now we're going to start the actual workshop portion of this. So everyone is going to, again, just talk about something that they enjoyed and something that they thought could use some work. And then that might lead us into other areas of conversation. So does anyone want to go first? Andy. I deliberately went last on my introductions, but I could go first on this. I'm a sneaky one because um, I'm afraid that I, I'm going to say something and then someone I'm going to want to say something and someone else is going to say it. And I'm going to be the, the guy who's like, oh, I, I agree with, with, with what that other person said. Um, oh, just to jump in, because that's really important. And I was always told in class, like, if someone has already said it, like, feel free to say it again, because it just like reifies that, you know, that thing is important and it had like a particular impact. So, but I, I get where you're coming from. But for everyone else, like, please feel free to repeat things. Gotcha. I'm glad that I was able to clarify the point for everyone. That was obviously my intention the whole time. Um, okay, so uh, first off, I would just like to say um, broadly, before I even get into any specifics of things I liked or did not like, that I found this whole piece to be very charming, period. And the origin of it is very amusing. I'm glad that you said that, Peter, because uh, that in it increases rather than decreases my enjoyment of it. Uh, sometimes the the explanation for where peace comes from is it was on the toilet, and I thought that would be pretty cool. Um, but that's a it, it, this comes with a fun story, um, which is excellent. So I came up with because uh, I'm me, I had actually three things that work. I'm going to try and combine them all into one thing so I can get all my thoughts out there. To any of you who listened to or possibly didn't listen to, I don't know if the Shira episode is out. Probably not because it was probably a mess to edit. Um, sorry about that. Uh, but if, if ever that comes out, um, you'll understand uh, what kind of uh, editor or what kind of uh, conversation I was saying with, the, with these kinds of things. I have to say everything. So for things that worked, though, uh, on this piece, I would have to overall say that the voice of the of the not only the main character, but of the coyotes period is extremely clear from the, from the outset. And I mean that very specifically in like the identity of what it means to be a coyote that is shared in the community and is, and especially in the main character who seems to be the zenith of what it means to be coyote in this particular society uh, is so clear right from the outset and is very consistent uh, and is played for great comedic effect at times. Uh, it even has like a semi unreliable narrator aspect to it. Although it's 
the, un- the type of unreliable narrator who is seen through in, in but, but a moment, um, uh, since, uh, he's not a very good liar, but, uh, yeah. So I, th- I felt that that was very strong. Like the fact that they have a wolf moot on, uh, they have this whole thing about wolves and they're all just like immediately up in arms about these rude humans. Um, I think maybe my favorite line of the whole things was their humans were very rude. Uh, how, and, uh, transitioning into a howl was both very funny and very well represented that character and how they view themselves. And that is just extremely strong throughout. Uh, and it's something that's actually pretty hard to master, I think, is consistent voice. It gets like it's uh, and I think that the sort of uh, stream of consciousness writing plays extremely well into that since especially since the character the main character seems to be pretty young uh, even for, for coyotes. Uh, so that, that works just, ex- that's firing on all cylinders. That's my rose. If my thorn can be said now, um, it would be that I felt that dialogue wasn't always at its strongest. There are several places where this came into um, play, but I felt the two strongest points for me was the initial conversation with Eli felt a little bit choppy at times both of them seem to be kids uh, for, for coyotes. Correct me if I'm wrong about that. Uh, and so, of course, kids speak a little tangentially. They're a little bit unclear with uh, their messaging and so forth. And that's one thing. But at the same time, it sometimes felt like the dialogue just wasn't clicking very well together. Like the sentences weren't connecting as well. Um, let me see if I can pull it up to see if I have an example of specifically where I noticed this. This would be in chapter two, I guess, is the first time where we get real back and forth dialogue. Uh, and then, oh, there's uh, really, really, you need to pay more attention. Gallivanting around the forest like a common street mongol. Oh, oh, heavens, if mother saw you, surely she would be beside herself. The shame, dear brother, the shame. You fiend. Pardon? Nothing. Uh, and I, that's a flashback to a previous thing. Um, did you see the altercation, I asked? Oh, why? I did happen to see the altercation. Those were some nasty humans. Those were humans. Again, like there's something here that's just not quite clicking here for me. I think that their voices are strong, but there's something not quite synergizing right with the dialogue for me here. And the second place where I saw this was when we got to the wolf moot. And maybe this isn't even a criticism. This could just be me not quite understanding the character of Genevieve, uh, because she begins with a a whole dialogue uh, where she's talking about uh, welcoming them to the wolf moot. And she says... Uh, brothers, uh, uh, sisters, siblings, welcome. Welcome to the wolf moot. Now, some might say that we aren't actually wolves, that we are something lesser. They call us coyotes. To that I say, shove off. We may be small, but our teeth are sharp and our ears are pointy. If those overdogs, overgrown dogs can be called wolves, then I say, why not us? And I get extremely what they're, what she's trying to say. And I think that that is not even a, like, you, de- you definitely want to address why they call it a wolf moot early on in the conversation. But to me, this is sort of like saying, some people say that I stink like poo-poo. They say that I never bathe and I'm gross and and I'm a gross boy. They say that I kill flies and small children with my very presence. Those people are horrendously wrong. And like, you're stating the negatives right out from the start. Um, And maybe Genevieve just isn't a very convincing speaker. And that that was a purposeful point that you were trying to make. I don't don't know. Uh, I could just be wrong. I haven't haven't read past chapter four. So maybe, maybe Genevieve just isn't persuasive but it seemed to be in the story that Genevieve is rallying the troops and maybe that would still work in a in a rally kind of way but if it seems to me like if you're trying to perceive the character as persuasive that she would want to begin with 
all the reasons why they are like wolves and like uh, we are wolves uh, uh, w- would be the, a message, a stronger message to start with. Maybe Genevieve just needs a speechwriter, and that's the and that's a and that's what and that's the joke, or or I'm missing something. But it seemed to me like that that was one particular uh, example of the dialogue just not quite clicking for me or being a little off. But like I said again, flipping back to positive things, the voice overall, even if the dialogue didn't always hit on all cylinders, just the the uh, the way the wolves consider themselves. Not the wolves, the coyotes. See, they've got me doing it. It it very strongly hit. That is my piece. Of course, since I'm the writer, I will not respond to any of that. So we don't care what the author thinks here. So who wants to go? I'll go because I really like chapter two specifically. uh, Just because I actually, to counter that, I did like the banter back and forth, specifically where he, you fiend, pardon, nothing. Because I just... I like that it was lighthearted and I actually enjoyed that it was childlike and in like a kind of innocent, like back and forth way. Cause it reminded me of how like you see like puppies, like they'll just like bounce off each other's energy. And even though we don't understand what they're saying, we can kind of see that they have that back and forth, like where they run after and chase each other's tails. And that's kind of what I gathered from like the, lighthearted banter I also really like the narrator and I I loved that you gave the background Peter of um like where the story's basis came from because it now hearing that I can picture it more in my head and it it makes sense and I I enjoyed when the narrator uh William I believe the name was he (laughs) at the end of chapter one he does like an evil laugh kind of and it just it it really makes it known that this is um like a meant to be a light-hearted story and that's it follows that theme throughout the next two chapters and into chapter three and I really also enjoyed just how they talk about humans because in like a more like expansion way you can also kind of see it like as there's been this running uh, real world um, altercations where humans are trying to build over the forest and then animals are trying to find ways to take their forest back. But I like that it said they're mocking us with their opposable thumbs. I don't remember exactly what chapter that was, but it makes me really think of the implications that it holds kind of as, um, oh, well, um, humans now I know that they're trying to build like passages where animals can cross underneath the highways and everything and it makes me think like it shouldn't have to be that way so I like that the story is told from the perspective of a wolf it, it, it reminded me of this book that Peter had read called Chansey where the story's told from the perspective of a horse and I think I kind of like stories that are told from the perspective of animals because we can always infer what we think animals are thinking but we never actually know so it's it's nice to be able to read that kind of side of the coin for once I would say on the topics of what I didn't no, I wouldn't say didn't like but what I would put in that category would be more so um I just think there are some things that could have been expanded on and I think if it was a longer story like some quips here and there could be like, oh, well, where did this come from? Why didn't they pick him to be the leader? I like that they already had 
they're like, you can stop practicing your acceptance speech because it's not you. And just kind of like getting to know, I'm only on chapter four, so maybe it expands later on in the book, but I would like to see more expansion on, on certain characters aspects. Like um, Andy said, more so on Genevieve's character to see, oh, well, what, what makes this character this way? And I guess, unless I haven't like read that far and there should be a whole chapter, I think just on Genevieve, just so I could get a more like precise background and read on the character. Cause it's easier to do so when the character is the narrator and it's more harder to, it's harder to do when the character is just briefly mentioned in an interaction. So that's kind of like my spiel. Thanks, Caitlin. That was amazing. I do want to add that I don't think the author of Chansey knew how to write from a horse's perspective <laughs> either. But um, anyway. Oh, wait. Um, sorry. I just wanted to ask one quick thing. Because um, I, I, and I, I, sorry. Did you read Warrior Cats as a kid? Because this gave me strong Warrior Cats vibes. I think I read one book. Okay. But... Also very much King vibes from... Um, uh, oh, from the, the Owl House? From the Owl House. Extremely King vibes. Uh, yes. Okay. Caitlin Cunningham. So I had wanted to just tag off of something that Andy had said about the beginning of the speech, how they were addressing the issue of whether or not they were called wolves. Depending on what the projected goal is, one alternative place that that could go is when Eli and William are talking after their interaction with the humans if the humans call them coyotes Eli can understand them he might become indignant at being called a coyote when he feels that he is a wolf and they could have a discussion about that but that again depends on what the um, intended effect of that scene is in the original version and I did really want to talk about the characterization we've talked about tone of voice and um, our sense of voice and sort of tone to an extent and how it's very comedic and very consistent. And I think that's really great. And I think another way to talk about it, which is really hard to separate in this first person, somewhat unreliable narrator is its characterization. So William is characterized by the end of the first page based on the dialogue that he has as a narrator, you really get a great feel for what kind of a character he is. And then you immediately see contrasting example of what it means to be a coyote characterization wise in Eli. One of them is very like, as to steal the word directly from the story, pompous. And the other one's just like, rah. Um, And seeing them interact is really great. And I think that keeping that as I think it was Caitlin said, sort of running around each other's tails going forward um, in the story. I mean, I didn't finish it all the way through um, would be a great way to, both emphasize their differences in how they sort of function as a unit, as a pack, because that's something that's important for a species like this is pack dynamics. And there is, from what I've read, a good portion of who does what and like helping each other forward. And I think that's really great. Something that I felt could be improved that sort of struck me personally was, which I thought the language was hilarious, especially how they're like, their interaction with just all things human is hilarious. They're like the stone or metal, or I don't remember the exact terminology, but the gray forest, which is a city. 
like things like that, I think are hilarious. But sometimes there's an inconsistency in which words they know and don't know. Like they reference the moon, but then when the sun comes up, they call it the glowing thing in the sky, which is sort of confusing to me personally. Um, And also for William's characterization, particularly like Eli having very large vocabulary sort of makes sense because that's his character. He's this sort of know-it-all coyote who's like very wise to the, pays attention. He's wise to the ways of the world where William is again, kind of just like, I'm going to go, I'm going to run across this forest. Um, and sometimes he uses very large academic sounding words. And I was sort of surprised by him switching in tone so much between when he's speaking with his brother and when he's narrating. But that could also be somewhat due to the fact he is speaking to his brother. Like you speak differently when you speak to different people. So um, that could be. But I think that would just benefit from some going over. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you, Caitlin. Sammy or Julie, anyone want to wanna go? Yeah, sure, I can go. So, yeah, I read the first three chapters of the story, and uh, I've also just been skimming a lot of the other chapters. I see very small uh, coyote shenanigans in store. But, um, yeah, so what I really liked about this piece is, first of all, is just the tone of the piece. So when you emailed the story to us, you said you kind of envisioned this as, like, an animated uh, movie in your mind and I think that really comes across well in the text it's very whimsical it's very funny and it's very like light-hearted but it's still you still feel like there's some stakes here even if the stakes are only like oh let's insult the humans because they insulted us it, it's funny and you just kind of want to see what these uh, coyotes are going to come up with now now in terms of uh, not really a uh, criticism, but just what I think you should really focus is on is for me is that this story is really kind of like a culture clash story. There's this coyote culture, there's this human culture, there's a typical intersection of a human culture and a coyote culture where the coyotes are like, ah, humans, we don't understand them. And then now these coyotes have to venture into this human culture they don't understand. And there's going to be all kinds of uh, misunderstandings and strange interactions because of that. So I really feel like this story is going to uh, live or die based on how well you're able to depict the uh, coyote culture at the beginning of the story and kind of build that world. And there are some there's enough that I really like to read and kind of see like the wolf moot and just kind of like how they're scared of humans and they hate that they're humans opposable thumbs. But I think like Caitlin said before, there's some inconsistencies with like the vocabulary and just for myself as well, there's inconsistencies with, or or not even inconsistencies, just a lack of clarity about the technology and their understanding of human technologies. Like, the main character, for example, mentions he's a writer and he does book signings, which is a fun background story. But then it makes you wonder, okay, does that mean there's coyote bookstores? What does a coyote signing look like? Is he like pressing his paw on the sheets of paper? Or is he like actually taking like some kind of pen and has like a signature here? Do they have 
like coyote houses? Are we talking with other animals? Is it just them? There's a lot of gaps. And I feel like the, the stronger you can establish the coyote culture and the kind of sort of the rules around it and the rules about how they understand humans and use their technology or don't understand their technology, the uh, stronger the story is going to be from my perspective. And, and that's basically a, a summary of my uh, criticisms for the story. But I, I, I like I, I enjoyed reading this a lot, Peter. Thank you, Sammy. Excellent. I have thoughts, but I won't say them. Julie, are you ready? Yeah, I am ready. And I had like a rose and a thorn going into this. And then after hearing my peers talk about the story too, I have more roses and more thorns. So I will try to be selective about what I picked from the garden uh, during this first go around. I will start by saying I did enjoy the story. I did read all of it because I did not read the instructions and did read all of it. You think an English major would be good at that kind of stuff, but nope, I was like, mm, all the chapters, let's go. So um, I will try not to spoil anything as I talk, but I I do know what happens at the end. And yeah, I, I, I overall, I did really enjoy the story. Um, as other people I s- have said, I thought the tone was good and that like it was very lighthearted. I did not like the first pair, the first chapter to be honest i i started reading this and i i felt myself getting a little lost uh because we're thrust i was thrust right into this coyote world and i had no idea what was going on even like the first and two first two sentences felt like a bit of a tangent william goes from talking about the light reflecting off of their eyes that you see first to friends let me tell you the moon was bright that night uh, and I started thinking, okay, who's there? Who's the you? Um, what light? And now why are we talking about the moon? Uh, we're t- wait, we're talking about a specific night, just not in general. Um, so I was confused. And yeah, there were a couple of instances where, um, like Caitlin Cunningham said, um, the changes in tone happened in paragraph two of that. Uh, all was revealed to me by the glorious, really big light in the sky. Glorious is very like academic highfalutin and really big is very casual language and so I was kind of confused by that um I did like the small sized large predator that was a little better because you can you can see the humor in it yeah glorious really big I was having trouble seeing the humor or the intention of putting those two tones together but large small sized was was well done as I kept reading, I realized that I was struggling to connect with William and with the people that he was engaging with. And it wasn't until actually the second chapter, um, as Caitlin Hernandez said, with the dialogue with Eli, that I started to get engaged because Eli sounds so pretentious and so pompous, gallivanting around the forest like a common street wrong girl. I, I wrote, yes, this is hysterical. I do like Eli. And the the way that you can feel William's resentment at Eli. Um, that the dynamic that was being established in that in conversation i i really enjoyed and that helped me to you know be a little more invested in the story and and to continue in it um and i gotta say as i kept reading i was like okay i need to know what happens do they actually make it what's going on here so i i was eventually like yeah this is this is actually pretty good i'm really enjoying this um it was just for whatever reason chapter one i really struggled with because 
I, I don't know William and I, I don't know the coyote culture that he's coming from. I don't know what a forest school is and like, is it like our schools or is it different? And I think if I were to offer constructive criticism, I think that A, I should make sure I eat some sort of food before I read any work for peer review uh, and that I've had a good night's sleep. But after that, to kind of echo what Sammy said, uh, I would definitely love to see a little more context laid for the coyotes culture uh, and to get a better sense of William so that I, I don't see William just as a, a napping scared, but not trying to be scared coyote. I, I'd, I'd like something that would help me identify with William a little more, or at least be a little more invested. I, that was my personal experience. I don't know if anyone else felt similarly, but that is my 20,000 second long hot take. Awesome. Thank you. Is there anything that anyone wanted to to say to respond to anything that we've already talked about? I do have to say, I do more or less agree with Julie's point about the first chapter. I do think that William is somewhat characterized with a certain amount of silliness and bravado. Like you, you get certain adjectives of him right away, but it's difficult because he is a coyote. So I don't know how deep of a character, like you think about a dog they're they're very silly and I sort of saw that in him and found that very endearing so I think it is a little bit a matter of perspective with that one I would also just like to say I completely agree with Jules' comment about the moon and to me uh the the stuff about the vocabulary to me I couldn't tell if that was a choice like in terms of there's a lot of lot of references to angels specifically there's like five times or like three or four times when the they, they use the word angel but at the same time it seemed clear to me that this was a character who was writing in the future about past events like once he like it seemed like he was a published writer in the future um julia's nodding and she read the whole thing so um uh it seems clear to me that that was that was why there was a certain dissonance between what the character might have said at the time and what the character would say when he was writing it. So I couldn't tell whether those things were choices in terms of vocabulary, like the way the moon is described or like the way, uh, and, and it does seem to switch back and forth a little bit. So maybe you want to shoot for like, are we writing fully as this character from the future talking about the past, in which case the vocabulary choices can be greatly expanded or, and the ways of describing things can be greatly expanded. And you just want to make sure you, you never drop that in the narration and maintain the voice of the character in the past, keeping that just a dialogue that might help clarify that and uh, eliminate any inconsistencies. I did recognize that. I think the first line while intriguing doesn't quite fit with the rest of the story. I do. I agree with that. The the bit about the the moon in your eye thing. I, I wasn't sure if that was going to come back in 10 chapters um, in, in a big way. But again, Julia has filled me with, uh, with glee. Uh, I think part of the reason why I thought felt William straight from the beginning was I, as someone who, who watched some Owl House and knows of your love that I immediately was just like, this is in King's voice. The whole thing is just, it's just, I, I heard it in the voice actor for King the whole time. And that was how I like, that was how I was experiencing. So I'm like, oh yeah, it's, it's King. It's, it's King as a coyote. Okay. I, I completely understand. And I'm with it already. So maybe that's why I was immediately with it and just having that personal experience, which most people won't, but that was where I was at. To touch back on, I believe it, it was what Caitlin Cunningham and Sam may have said that I actually thought of it kind of like 
in terms of the vocabulary, how they, the wolf or the coyotes have certain words and dialect and how the narration is. And then going back and touching on calling buildings bigger gray trees. I can kind of attribute it to as if they, they know what these words are called. And I think the one line, my favorite line that points back to this would be whenever Eli's like my grasp of the human dialect is rudimentary at best, but I believe I caught their drift. It's kind of how my grasp of the French language is rudimentary at best, but I can kind of grasp the concept of what people are saying. So that's how I would attribute to how they know what certain things are called, like the moon or the forest in the first person dialogue narration, but they don't know what the sun is called or what buildings are called because it's you hear these words maybe they hear them passed down from humans to generations oh this is what the humans call a moon but they've never heard this is what they call a sun kind of how people may know like oh gracias is thank you in spanish but they may not know the proper word for something else so that's kind of how i was thinking about the vocabulary difference and those are just my final thoughts that I gathered when everyone was speaking. Awesome. Thank you. I think that's just a great segue into favorite lines, if everyone kind of has that. So we can we can begin to wrap this up. So yeah, everyone just like, we'll go around again. Everyone will say their favorite line, like briefly why you like that line. And then we'll, we'll call it a day. This is just like a fun way to like end it in a positive, kind of lighthearted way. Uh, for me, uh, I've already, I believe I've already said uh, the humans were very rude going into a howl. Uh, second best being he was mean, but in a pretty sort of way. I love that line. And I love that the nemesis, it's I'm thinking like Pacifica Northwest from uh, from Gravity Falls. I think yeah, like I thought that was on purpose, too. Yeah. Uh, my favorite line was uh, no one came into my woods and insulted me. They would taste my wrath. That is, if I didn't taste them first. And it's just such a funny threat that just and a nice play on words there. And it also just sets up what the main idea of the novel kind of is. That, oh, it's going to be the wrath of the coyotes, but their wrath is just going to be something but that's very silly and not, not very serious, right? So, so I really love that line. I have two, but one of them's from chapter four. Can I still share? <laughs> So the first one is, I'll never understand dirt or clay. It's nice to eat on a casual basis, for sure, but you can't do anything fun with it. That was a good one. And the other one was, what's a glacial attic? That was good. At first, I didn't get it. And then I read, because I saw it in passing, and then I actually read it and read the passage before. And I was like, (laughs) that's good. Geology humor. Yeah. Also, I'm just very annoyed with clay at the moment. Gardening on Long Island is rough. Yes. Also, Caitlin Hernandez, if you just want to like, I know you already said your favorite line, but like, if you want to just say it like again, just so we all know what it is, it's in this section. Oh, mine was from chapter two, and it was Eli, and it was my grasp of the human dialect is rudimentary at best, but I believe I caught their drift. Awesome. Thank you, Julie. Yes. So, just hearing people say the, all of their lines, by the way, 
I, 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 this story just made me laugh. There were so many moments where I made a comment and wrote hysterical, LOL, LOL. So I, I'm really glad I read it and I'm really glad I got to do this with you all. Uh, I do have two. Um, the first one is too long because it's the big last run on sentence in paragraph two where William is listing all of these complicated steps that he's going to have to go through at the wolf moot. And I loved it because it's true. And there was some nice sarcasm to it. And the run on with the comma splices really emphasize just how drawn out this process is and how, you know, how much a pain in the tail it's going to be for William. But uh, the favorite one that I like to read is from chapter two. Uh, Eli nodded his head. His fur has always been a little grayer than mine was. Strike out just like his soul and strike out. What a lovely fur coat and soul he had. I love my brothers. <laughs> Hope you're enjoying reading this, Mother. They don't have great editing tools. Couldn't get it all out. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Thank you, everyone. This was a very interesting discussion for for a story that really just started as a joke. And I don't. I'm really just happy with the how the first couple chapters like turned out. And I think later on, I kind of struggled a bit more, and I was like, maybe this should have a point to it. But um, I'm glad that you all seem to be enjoying it that you could come on and chat about it with me so yes caitlin it was a wonderful piece of satire and don't be worried about having a point because monty python and the holy grail certainly did not <laughs> that was Very the true. height of cinema hey they taught they taught us all how to count five is right out Thank you for listening. I hope that you enjoyed our workshop of the first three chapters of Coyote. I had so much fun with this. I hope you did too. Just a reminder, you can find some bonus episodes on our Patreon. You can also follow us on Instagram and threads. And I think that's about it. I hope you have an excellent day, week, month, whatever it is. And remember, don't let the day drag on. fidget spinner Fun. it's very cool the wow. lie ate my car that was the fun monday okay i got a burn from chlorine sorry i'm sorry Ooh, i'll stop now <laughs> that's a rough one peter's just like how do i start from here i i, I <laughs> what are these miscreants doing julie's gonna start talking about beowulf at any given second it's all just gonna go downhill Look at this fidget spinner. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> just, just start. Start without me. I'll go. I'll go somewhere else. I swear.